As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hello, everybody. It's Civilized Barking Zach Jackson. Week four, Browns Ravens. Um, feels like week fourteen, right? Browns should be three and zero. They're two and one. The defense is out of this galaxy. Um, basic stats, important stats, advanced stats. They're blowing them out of the water. They completely dominated Ryan Tannehill and the Titans last week. Um, they're just swarming. Um, two <laughs> the opponents have two red zone drives the entire year. One of them lost nine yards and was a field goal. One of them got no points at all because Miles Garrett got back there and sacked the guy in 2.27 seconds. Yes, one of the absurd stats of all time, NFL next-gen stats. He got to Tannehill in 2.27 seconds. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, what can you say, right? And, and the D-line has been awesome, and Jim Schwartz obviously promised to rev that up. And when you're not getting blocked, that travels. And, and so, like, look, they're not going to – um, give up three points every single week, and they're not going to have a 25% success rate for the season. But right now, opponent success rate is 25%, and the next closest is 39. Right? I think the highest in the or the best in the league last year was 38. Um, so they're swarming. But look, when you don't get blocked, um, it helps everybody else out. And the linebackers who we didn't know about because of injury and we wondered what they were doing are just rolling right behind. The corners have been incredible. Grant Delpit is a new player in this defense. Uh, we've seen Juan Thornhill. And it's just like uh, the, the pass over the middle where Ward is swarming the guy. Ward's playing incredible. And by the time it gets there, two other guys almost pick it off too. So um, they will play better quarterbacks, right? And that starts this week with Lamar Jackson. But let's go big picture to start here, right? Outside of the two games with Lamar, you don't see a top, top-tier quarterback again until Trevor Lawrence uh, in December. When you look at the schedule, you see the Arizona Cardinals, the Bears, who are basically the 2017 Browns, right? Um, you see Pittsburgh at home. You, know, you see Indy on the road, which you have to play on the road, so Indy and Houston aren't bad. Um, like, there's a real chance here. So, Look, this is a huge game for the division, and we'll get into it and what it means. Or it really, standings-wise, uh, in addition to momentum-wise, about as big as you can get here. 
for week four, I was going to say the end of September, but I guess it's October 1st on Sunday. Um, but realistically, with the if the Browns just go one and one in their next two, two home games, um, then they're set up to, to really go on a run. And it, it does come down to how you play in December. Um, but they're, they're really have a chance to set themselves up to go on a run. And, and how they might win the next two, you know, we'll see. Uh, but they're the only team in the league, as you know, that played all three of his division rivals in the first four weeks. And they dominated the limping Bengals team. They dominated the Steelers mostly, gave up a couple plays and gave up two defensive touchdowns and lost the game. And we'll see. But they had the necessary bounce back last week. And obviously the offense was better. I, I think the best way to say it was promising. And you saw a quarterback that was efficient, um, was mostly accurate. I think you saw a play caller opening some things up. Doing some different things, you know, obviously they got to go downhill and, and beat them up. Um, but the Titans, you don't run on them. You pass on them. Browns did that. Uh, they did it with confidence. They, the punctuation, the exclamation points came with two long drives uh, in the second half to, to slam a door that was really already slammed by the defense. Amari Cooper been uh, awesome and Watson going that way. And then Watson had the necessary bounce back. So. It's certainly promising. Um, look, to go big picture, I still have reservations about the offense without Nick Chubb, obviously. I have reservations about the play caller and the quarterback getting and saying on the same page, and I have major reservations about the quarterback's pocket presence. Um, this Elijah Moore lateral offense scares no one, and eventually you have to throw to someone other than Amari Cooper. But Amari Cooper's really good. Uh, Watson can do things with his legs and his arm that a lot of people can't do. And even in the bad times, we uh, I've said this, we've seen good throws. We saw more of them in a bunch last week, and you have to see that. The one, the dot to DPJ on the out to get him out of trouble. Uh, again, just the long drives. That means you're converting third downs. That means you're not getting rattled when it's second and long, uh, deep in your own territory. And then you get out, you get the momentum. Uh, the varied formations, Jerome Ford playing wide receiver, they get the matchup they want, ball right on the money. You know, kept going to Cooper, two defensive holdings, two pass interferences. So, you know, I, I'm worried about Marquise Goodwin not being a factor and Elijah Moore catching 12 balls and not even getting to 50 yards, right? And and the David Njoku thing is is mystifying. But, um, you know, I think last week was was obviously necessary for perception, for stats, for confidence. But to get, get a good performance in and have something to build on, and then we'll see. Um, you know, you're going to start to see more of how teams want to play you. And yeah, obviously going to get in better competition here the next week, next two games with the Ravens and Niners. But if the, let's, let's not escape the moment right here. You're playing the Baltimore Ravens. The Browns are now up to three point favorites. Why? Because the defense is that good because the Ravens have guys banged up and the Ravens lost to Gardner friggin' Minshew and the Colts last week. Right. Um, there's like 29 offenses finding answers. The Browns looking to try to find answers. The Browns are one. The Ravens are one. You know, every like I said, everybody in the league is except for the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Uh, I think even the Eagles are. You know, um, but when you have that defense and and you have Amari Cooper as the go-to guy, you know, why did the Browns beat the Ravens with Watson last December? Well, Lamar Jackson didn't play. It was a big part of it. But Watson settled in. They had two really good drives. They went to Amari Cooper. Uh, I don't think Marlon Humphrey is going to play. So you just keep going to Amari Cooper. You wait for that to open some things up. Um, should should honestly be 17 points win. I think the Browns win, you know, 17, 14, 16, 13, something like that. 
And I think the swarming defense swarms again. I think the Ravens will have trouble getting guys open. I think they'll have a good plan. And I think Lamar will, will extend some drives with his legs, but I think he'll get hit 30 times. And I think the pressure will get to him. Um, and if the Browns especially can, can score early and get a lead and really help out that defense that, that they'll win and they'll be three and one. And, you know, whether or not that'll mean solo first place, you know, we'll see. I don't really get into all of that because it would be, you know, if the Steelers are three and one, then technically they have a tiebreaker, whatever it's, it's the first, um, first four games. That's when you get a true evaluation. That's when you look. And if the Browns look, take that stretch and are three and one and are going into the bye week, feeling good about themselves with another offensive performance on which they can build with the defense, um, that, that's feeling itself and should be, then they're going to be in a good spot. Like I said, they're, they're going to be in a good spot. Any AFC schedule that does not include Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, or Tua is a great one. That's that's the Browns' schedule, <laughs> right? So um, in these next eight quarters, we're going to find out a lot about the Browns, and they're going to be pushing, they're going to be challenged, and, and hell, they might be up for it. So we'll see. It, it certainly has to be exciting times for the fan base to see that bounce back game. Um, and, you know, Jerome Ford, man, he's quick. He's good. Uh, I think they're well aware that he's not going to be the traditional running back. You know, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, I think we're going to see more of the open formation stuff, more of running around. You don't want to get him killed. And we're I'm recording this on Thursday morning. They gave Watson the day off practice for a shoulder injury. They said to rest his shoulder. Um, he has taken too many hits. There's no doubt. So that's something they got to watch. And, and they have to design the offense to keep him from dropping back. Um, and, and teams just coming after the tackles. So, you know, we'll see. It's, it's always a, it's a game of constant adjustments of finding what. And so I think you could say for, you know, for what the offense did in the first two games was wholly disappointing considering it was seven months to prepare, considering it talked about fireworks and all of this stuff. Um, it was, it was a necessary bounce back. And, you know, if, if they needed time, that's, that's understandable too. So. Um, they're not going to be 16 and one or probably not 14 and three, but you know, as you go through this early part and you're developing strengths and weaknesses and seeing things you want to tinker with and things you like to have that defense on your side and know it's going to be there. Um, even if it's not quite that dominant the rest of the way, it's a pretty good place to start and to have these divisional games for the experience for the offense. So you get everybody back together and say, Hey, what works? What do we need to tinker with here? What do we need to totally throw out? Um, long, long way to go. Nobody's out of the woods yet. Nobody's planning any parades yet. Although some of you guys are, you probably, I probably understand. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So the Ravens, um, all sorts of injuries. Haven't had Marlon Humphrey. Haven't had their left tackle, although he's back at practice uh, as of Wednesday. Uh, haven't had Odell Beckham. They do have Jadavian Clowney. Uh, J.K. Dobbins lost for the year. And, and uh, both running backs were uh, on the injured list coming out of last week's game. So we'll see. We'll see how, how that all goes. But the Browns are favored. The Browns should be favored. And the Browns can win this game. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what else to touch on? Greg Newsom back at practice. He should be back. Makes a strong defense uh, even stronger, and yeah, you just you just want to see the offensive evolution. You want to see in a close game, um, you know how they perform. 
And if the defense keeps either keeping people out of the red zone or swarming the crap out of them when they get in there, hold them to field goals, Justin Tucker makes his, that's fine. Uh, I honestly, like, I, I don't think the Ravens can get over 16 points. I, I don't. Um, and so that's why I say 17 wins. And if you win 17-16 or 17-7 or whatever, this is a huge game. Um, you know, in week, in week two, the Browns didn't put it away as you know, and that was a chance for them to not be the same old Browns. Well, here's another chance two weeks later to really keep all that momentum and all, all the vibes and, and everything going. So early, uh, but encouraging. And, and again, it's not just Miles, although he's deservedly getting all of the attention. It's not just Denzel. It's Oboe. It's Maurice Hurst flying all over the place. It's Anthony Walker playing awesome. JOK is everywhere, right? Uh these are some of the best Delpit games that we've seen. So, um, yeah, look, they're supposed to beat Joe Burrow on one leg, and they're supposed to beat Ryan Tannehill. They did it emphatically. Um, if you've been reading, listening, I don't need to go over the defensive numbers there. They're out of this world. Anyway, um, let's talk Ravens. Let's look ahead at the opponent this week and, you know, hell, maybe even reflect, like, Browns-Ravens have had some interesting games, some unpredictable results, some wars. But for the better part of going on 25 years, the Ravens have had better players. And specifically with the injuries this week and them kind of remaking their offense, I, I'm not sure that's the case outside of quarterback, <laughs> right? Um, I mean, the Browns, are, the Browns are pretty good. The Browns are pretty good. And they got a chance to keep building, keep working on some little things and um, win a division home game. That's all you can ask for, so let's talk more about it. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And as promised, we go to Baltimore to my friend Jeff Sraybeck. He's covered the Ravens for a long time. Uh, Jeff, everything was great, right? This is the week-to-week nature of this league. The Ravens were going back to the Super Bowl, and then they ran into Gardner Minshew. So, um, you know, was it – how bad was it? Um, and, and can they get back on track this week? It was pretty bad. You know, I I, I think anybody would have – they would never have admitted it, but I think if if they were two and one through the first three, given that all the injuries they've had and and they're installing a new offense, didn't really play anyone in the summer. I think they probably would have taken two and one, but just the nature of it, you come off this uh, really uplifting win over Cincinnati, who's had their number uh, on the road. And then you come home with the chance to go to three and zero ahead of two uh, important road divisional games and. 
you know, nothing against Gardner Minshew. I mean, he played okay. Zach Moss ran the ball well. Colts defense made a few plays, but it's just one of those games where they kind of beat themselves in, in, in a lot of ways. And I don't want to take anything away from the Colts, but you know, fumbling in the Colts red zone, fumbling inside their own 20, a coaching gaffe uh, late in regulation that essentially gave the Colts time to get down the field to kick the game-tying field goal. Um, you, you know, Lamar Jackson taking a sack late in regulation when uh, they couldn't afford it, when they were nearing Tucker's field goal uh, range for game winner. So I, I think in that case, it was one of those games where if the Ravens are in a dogfight for a playoff spot in late, you know, late in the season, they're going to look back on it and say, wow, we blew that one. I mean, it just they just didn't play particularly well. Uh, you could blame the elements, but uh, Colts didn't seem to have a problem with them. So there there really was no excuses for how they played. Um, I, I do think you're seeing the toll injuries are taking to mm -hmm. to some extent. But they had a lot of injuries, and they went up to Cincinnati and beat the Bengals. And they had a they had a lot of injuries, and uh, they still probably should have beaten the uh, Colts by, uh, you, you know, I don't want to say handily, but comfortably. So uh, it, it's just a game that they let go, and they're going to have to live with that and kind of rebound going forward because uh, things are about to get much more difficult on their schedule. Yeah. So, Jeff, it's early in the week, and, and we know that you don't glean a whole lot from injury reports until Friday and sometimes even Sunday, right? But these are significant injuries for the Ravens. They're in multiple positions, and they're name guys. Um, and, shoot, there's enough of them that it's it's depth guys, too. So, you know, how impactful um, are – it, it wouldn't do us any good here, right, to, to go through line by line, but – I mean, there there is a chance, right, that they're they're missing some some main guys at, at main spots. Yeah, no doubt, Zach. And um, I mean, you know, as I said, we we take up most of the show if we were to go line by line with all the guys. <laughs> I mean, they had seven, all seven inactives last week were injured starters, and that doesn't even account for you know J.K. Dobbins, who's on IR, and you know, starting outside linebacker Tyus Bowser, who's, you know, on the NFI list. So, um, you know, they had about nine, 10 starters down and then they went out Sunday and lost uh, uh, Rashad Bateman possibly. And they lost uh, David Ajabo likely. And so, yeah, it, they should get some guys back this week. Um, I don't think they'll get a ton, but I think they'll probably get three or four guys back uh, uh, later in the week. So they should be a bit uh, better. Um, from a health standpoint, but it still is not good. And um, I, I think the two positions you have to look rather than going through all the guys, edge rusher, they're so limited. Um, you know, your old buddy, Jay Davion Clowney's actually played pretty well, but he's playing way too many snaps. You know how that's going to go. Yep. Um, playing way too many snaps, way too early. They're down, you know, four outside linebackers at this point. You know, they had a, you know, they had a, a practice squad elevation play nearly 50 snaps on Sunday. And it's just, it's not sustainable. And they're having trouble getting pressure off the edge uh, um, when you're playing these guys. So that one hurts. And then the running back situation, as we sit, they don't have a current healthy running back on their 53-man roster. Um, you know, Dobbins is already on IR. Gus Edwards is in protocol. Um, Justice Hill's dealing with a turf toe injury. 
there's a chance for Hill or Edwards this week, but um, you're kind of looking at practice squad, a practice squad backfield. And that means a lot of Melvin Gordon. And, and that means a lot of Kenyon Drake. And, uh, you know, I don't think I have to see, say much more than that. They're just, you know, especially at a running back and outside linebacker, they've been really handcuffed given their injury situation. Yeah. Lamar's going to have to run. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, you're going to have to keep that one way to keep that Browns pass rush at bay is is to to run right at him. Now, obviously, they don't want him taking a bunch of hits, but, um, you know, I, I know he's completed a lot of passes. They haven't put up dazzling air numbers. Uh, does it look a lot different in this new offense? Is, is Lamar a different player or are we still too way early in the season to know how this is going to go? Yeah, I know there's some criticism this week and, uh, you know, of uh, offensive coordinator Todd Munkin and uh, another guy uh, with Brown's ties, you know, between him, Clowney, Beckham. I I feel like we're going to be hearing a a lot about former Browns this week, but um, it doesn't look a lot different yet. Um, You know, I I think... um, it's been tough. I think some of the doing some of the stuff they want to do with, with all their injuries. I mean, they've been down two starting offensive linemen uh, for much of the season now, all but week one. Um, and I think that's kind of impacted them. And, you know, you're and I expect to see that again Sunday. You basically need to keep an extra guy uh, on the line of scrimmage to help out there. Um, and I don't even know if that's going to be enough Sunday. So. Um, I, I don't, you know, he is, you can see some stuff. He has more say at the line of scrimmage. He, he's doing more. Um, he's not, he's trying not to run as much, but as we all know, if, if there's a big play and if he sees an opening, he's going to take it. But where you haven't seen, you haven't seen them challenging teams downfield as much as you expected you haven't seen them getting backs involved in the passing game as much as you expected in a Munkin offense so um I think it's still I mean we knew this was going to be a work in progress and that's before they lost a bunch of key pieces um you know we saw it in flashes and in in Cincinnati he was going through his reads looking very comfortable he took some deep shots uh Zay Flowers has been terrific um but we just haven't, you know, it's still, it just still feels a little bit early and it still feels like they're going through some growing pains here that have kind of been exacerbated by all the injuries they're dealing with. Right. Um, you know, Jeff, it's interesting. We know Munkin here, but we know more of the name, right? He was the offensive coordinator here. They could never get a blend going of what he wanted to do with the Freddie Kitchens offense. Um, Odell was only here. I think he got hurt in late October. You know, that year and, and and the Browns went with high expectations and tanked. Um, you know, I and obviously Munkin went to Georgia and did well. He came with big time credentials. I mean, if this offense can get healthy, right, and, and Odell can stay healthy, I'm super impressed with Flowers. Like I still think this this ceiling's high. I, I kind of feel like the Browns are catching him, uh, though at the exact right time. Yeah, I, I think that's perfect, Zach. I mean, I, I think uh, you know. This is going to be a different offense, assuming they get some guys back and they don't keep getting hit with four or five injury losses a a week. Um, This is going to be a different offense in the second half of the season. Um, So they are catching them at the right time, wherein, you know, the injury report and also uh, they're still kind of getting to learn this offense and getting used to the things and and what they do best. And, uh, you know, they're not there yet. I mean, Mark Andrews missed the game early, but. Um, he, he, he's not been as involved as much as you'd expect. Uh, Rashad Bateman's barely been involved. 
Um, you know, Beckham's been a, you know, missed the last game and, and I'm sure he'll probably be questionable for this one. Although I like his chances, I don't think he's going to want to miss this one, but they're still trying to figure out a, kind of an offensive identity there. They want to be balanced. They want to take more shots down the field. Uh, but Munkin has always said, uh, you know, you need to run the ball and we've seen them be able to run it well at times, but, uh, they just lack the home run hitter in the backfield, lack the explosiveness. So I think it is a good time to play them with their injuries and the fact they're still trying to find their offensive identity and they're still trying to get Lamar comfortable in the offense and in everything they want to do. Yeah. I mean, the Browns game two weeks ago and the Ravens game last week, Jeff, are proof that you just never know in this yeah. league, right? Um, but <clears throat> I do think that this Browns defense was pretty good against Lamar um, anyway and was already built kind of for Lamar anyway. And now the way they're going with you add Zadarius Smith, you add what Miles is doing. They're just a much more disciplined, better coach unit. Um, you know, listen, I, I think the world of Lamar and, and I think that he can attack them in certain ways because you you have to mix things up. But I also think that if he can't stand in the pocket and throw it down the field a little bit and they can't run it at least somewhat um, with, with guys other than him, that, that this, I, I'm not saying it's going to be as ugly as last week where it was over for Ryan Tannehill a quarter and a half in, <laughs> but I, I think these Ravens are really up against it. So uh, we'll see. I've, I've been wrong once or twice before on the defensive side. Um, and I'm curious you know, I know they're banged up a corner and a pass rusher. I think the world of Roquan Smith, right? Um, you know, I, I think they're Justin Hamilton is better. Or is that his name? Justin Hamilton? Kyle, Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, the Browns had a seventh rounder named Justin Hamilton a million years ago, and I'm old. Uh, tell, tell us about the defense um, and, and what you expect, you know, they'll do against the Browns offense that is still evolving and uh, coming off its its best unit, but, you know, or its best performance but really um, is still trying to find itself, especially without Nick Chubb. Yeah, you know, the Ravens defense has played pretty well so far. Um, they haven't had their best player. Well, I mean, Roquan's probably the best player, but Marlon Humphrey's right up there. And he hasn't been on the field yet. Um, and then they lost their, you know, safety Marcus Williams, who's, you know, kind of key in playing that center field role and allowing, uh, you know, Kyle Hamilton to move around. I mean, um, but I think we're seeing some of their young players really develop. Um, Kyle Hamilton, you know, had three sacks in the, in the first half last week there, you know, they lost their nickel or Darius Washington for a season for the season. And they used Kyle Hamilton in the nickel this past, um, you know, this past week against the Colts, just because I don't think they felt like the Colts really had receivers who could threaten them deep. Um, I, I'm not saying, you know, I don't know that the Ravens used Hamilton in the nickel, this week with what the with what the Browns do, uh, but I do expect Hamilton to be allowed near the line of scrimmage a little bit in certain looks because he's been he's becoming a playmaker. Uh, he's a, he's an impressive dude, and um, you know if they weren't so thin in other spots, they'd have more flexibility there. Um, Roquan and Patrick Queen are playing terrific, one of the best inside linebacker duos in football. Um, their young corners have been a lot better than what people expected. You know, Brandon Stevens is a guy that was a running back in college and a third round pick a couple of years ago. And he's kind of gotten yo-yoed around here, uh, slot corner, outside corner, safety, special teams guy. Uh, they're playing him on the outside and he's played really well. Um, you know, he kind of 
shut down Jamar Chase, which was the biggest surprise a couple of weeks back. Um, obviously, he had some help. So um, they're hanging in there. It, it's it's kind of more of a bend, but don't break defense. Uh, I mean, they're not a stifling defense. They're not going to suffocate anybody with their pass rush because they're not been getting a ton of rush from their front four. They've been depending a lot on blitzing and doing different things and scheme uh, to get after the quarterback a little um, and as I said, the, the concern is just the pass rush and the edge rush and who they're running out there. And that just didn't hurt them in the pass rush. Last week, they had young guys who just couldn't set the edge. I mean, you're talking about a rookie fourth rounder and Tavis Robinson and uh, kind of a practice squad elevation and Jeremiah Moon. And, you know, they gave up a bunch of rushing yards, which is unlike them. And, and you know, to two of them, really, they they were okay in that area, but there was four carries that went for double digit yards, and uh, they ran the ball over thirty times. The Colts, so uh, they need to set the edge better with their young players, and uh, the pass rush is a question. But the defense has held up so far. It, it's it's not a dominating group, but it is a very competitive group um, that uh, does make things tough on the opposition. I think Mike McDonald will show a lot of different looks. I think they'll have to bring pressure to try to create things. I, I would be surprised if you get Marlon Humphrey in this game. Um, he hasn't practiced in six weeks and just seems a lot to come back to practice for three days and play in an AFC North game, but who knows? They're pretty desperate. They just signed Kyle Van Noy to the practice squad. Yeah. He's going to practice for the first time to, uh, on Wednesday. You may see him out there Sunday. They're that thin uh, on the edge. So uh, it, it's a good group, not a dominating group yet, but there's definitely some pieces there you have to contend with. All right, Jeff. Well, we know it'll take um, a hell of an effort by Lamar. It almost always does, right, by the offensive line. Um, you know, I think 20 points wins this game, maybe 17. Uh, what say you, your early Sunday prediction? Yeah. With Lamar, you know, and obviously they're a well-coached team, you, you have to – I think the Ravens are going to – if the Ravens are going to win this game – I think they're going to have to keep it, you know, under 20 um, or right around there. Um, I think this is a game the brain, the, excuse me, the Browns will win. I think that they, you know, I don't want to say blowout potential, but I think there is potential for them to control the game um, and, and to win by double digits there. I, I haven't really, I want to see who's on the field for the Ravens first. You know, it's sure. just there's so many guys. But yeah, I, I I'm pretty confident that by the week's end, I'm going to be picking the Browns to win rather comfortably. I, their defense is just playing so well. Uh, the Ravens' offense really is still trying to figure things out. The injury situation, a lot of key guys. So, um, you know, I think the Ravens are going to be a much better team the second half of the season. Their position right now, where they kind of have to tread water a little bit and hope they get a little healthier and, and this uh, learning curve on offense sort of shortens. So uh, they, I, I think this is a very tough spot for them. And I think this is going to be an extremely difficult game uh, for them to win without Lamar putting a cape on. I agree. Um, you know, long ago, I circled at Baltimore as one of the Browns certain losses. Um, now yeah. there used to be a bunch more. Now there's only a couple, right? <laughs> but I think, I think the Ravens are really up against it here for many reasons. And, um, you know, I am curious to see, to see Lamar and Munkin against this defense. Um, you know, the Browns have been awesome. They've been as good as advertised now that, you know, teams have seen it, how, how you counter. Uh, they obviously have played limited quarterbacks for various reasons. They haven't played anybody with his talents. And I'm very curious to see 
um, you know, Odell and Clowney coming back. I mean, those guys flat out quit on the Browns in, in the reception they get. And now the Browns fans are able to stick their chest out uh, a little bit. We'll see how it goes um, in Browns Ravens. You never know. There is a long history of that. And for a long time, Jeff, the Ravens said, don't look at the record. We respect the Browns. And I think finally, right now, the Browns have better players are certainly as good um, at, at almost all the spots. And uh, it'll be interesting. So thank you, Jeff. Thank you guys for listening. This has been Civilized Barking. Uh, as always, stay tuned. You'll see Jeff again uh, on the AFC North Whip around Friday. We'll have you covered all week up to and through Sunday where the Browns have a chance to go three and one and stake their claim at first place. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, guys. Talk to you next time on Civilized Park. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.